Welcome to the Caring Collaboratively podcast. This podcast is for anyone who is team-oriented, is looking for a great place to work, is wondering how we create a positive, connected, and meaningful workplace experience for our colleagues and teammates, and would like to apply some of what we do to your own workplace. It's also for those who'd like to learn more about leading and working in a collaborative practice or a team of any setting, and for those who are interested in how you can participate in creating a work culture that you love, that brings joy to the workplace, builds resilience, and makes you excited about Mondays and every other day of the work week. So thank you for listening. All right, so I'm Summer McMurray with Carolina Pediatric Therapy, and I'm here today with our awesome clinical directors team here at Carolina Peds. Uh, and today we're talking about mentoring and the mentoring program that we have here at Carolina Peds. So first, let me have you guys go around and just introduce yourself and tell us what department you lead. I'm Courtney Caribou, and I'm the director of the occupational therapy team. I'm Jen Bash, and I'm the director of the physical therapy team. I'm Catherine Bunk, and I'm the director of the behavioral health team. And I'm Caroline Moore, the director of the speech therapy team. So mentoring is really a part of the, the culture that we have here at Carolina Pays as, as far as being able to sow into others and really celebrate the successes and really support and create this work environment that is really a network of support for our clinicians here at Carolina Pays, And it really helps the quality of care um, here as well. So um, I thought I would really like to ask you guys some questions about mentoring from your perspective as directors. We've talked to the um, mentoring groups, but then also want from the leadership standpoint, what you guys think about that program. And, um, you know, it's just such a big part of the culture that we have. Um, it's evolved over the years. You know, it started out as kind of a little idea, a seed, but really based in the supervision requirements for getting full licensure for some of our disciplines. And then it's evolved over the years. So I'd first like to ask you guys, uh, when you hear the word mentor, what do you guys think of what, what does that bring up for you? I think of a mentor as somebody that, you know, is there to guide you and to help sow their knowledge into you to really just kind of su to support you to grow into being better at whatever that is. So better clinician, uh, better communicator, better problem solver, things like that. Yeah. And I, I think that mentor themselves has, um, learn to be a good communicator, problem solver, um, all of those things as a therapist. And so then they're able to um, help the new people coming in to, to learn those things and how to navigate. I think I also, I mean, I think what you guys are saying is amazing and I agree. And then also just someone who's really able to provide that unconditional support um, and really meeting the mentee exactly where they are you know, and, and not expecting something different from them. And I think another wonderful part of the mentor relationship is that mentor's ability to help uh, the mentee grow um, and not always just giving them the answer, but supporting them in a way that they can um, utilize their own skills and their own clinical knowledge to um, grow as a clinician. Yeah. So why do you guys think it's really important? And why do we want to have a mentoring program that was really strong? here at Carolina Pades. Thinking about um, new grads is one of the populations that um, we definitely want to mentor. There's just no amount of things that you could read in a textbook, journal articles, lectures that you could attend in school for all of the scenarios that you encounter as you go out into the field. And so I think it's really beneficial to have somebody that has that experience and knowledge and maybe not even to have been in that exact same scenario, 
but they can draw from their years of experience and knowledge to really coach you and kind of help you deal with the nuances that come with, you know, being in real life in the field versus kind of this hypothetical that we think about while we're in school. I think in addition to that as well, like if someone's coming in who has experience already, it um, is very helpful for just this setting you can in this setting you can easily kind of be disconnected um, and it allows for the connection that people need um, to to feel like they are part of a bigger thing i think one thing i think about is that you know we all have mentors in our past experience that we kind of develop with these relationships with across time but i think that there's nothing that really prepares you for starting a new job at a new company and if your mentor is not within that company um, it's really hard for them to understand and be able to support you. And so I really love the idea that from day one, no matter how much experience you have, um, we kind of acknowledge that starting a new job, it, it comes with its own challenges and, and someone within the company has that shared experience. Um, and at one point also started this new job at this company and can really jump in and, and sort of say like, oh, I was there too. Like, this is how I did it, or this is you know how to support you, which really... I think just is really nice because you don't have to wait and kind of form relationships with mentors here at the company. You get one that automatically starts supporting you. Right. And I have been here since before we had the formal mentor program. And while we have always been really supportive and there's plenty of people to ask questions to, um, I notice a huge difference between um, just be asking um people for help versus having that one designated person that's really protecting time for you and their schedule, who's your go-to person, who's the first one you can go to with any questions, concerns, and then can also help point you in the right direction and connect you to other people on the greater team that could help you more specifically. We're all recording from home, so it's all right. We can hear littles in the background. It's no big deal. <laughs> That's okay. For us, I think, you know, our mentoring program, it does kind of, there are different relationships that we have in different, I guess, contexts for being a mentor, whether it's with graduate students where we have, you know, we're clinical instructors for our graduate students. There's those more formal supervision types of things, um, which we can talk about a little bit here with the speech and behavioral health. You guys have a, a little bit more formal supervision requirements and even to get formal licensure. And then there is that mentoring where, you know, if you're just new to a job, um, you're brand new here, um, maybe don't have a lot of experience, there's mentoring in that regard, but then there's also, you have a lot of experience, but this is just a new job for you and you need somebody to support you along the way. So there's several different contexts that we have mentors here. That, that kind of brings me around to kind of the history of how we started this. Courtney had mentioned that she was here before we ever had a formal mentoring program. And um, it was really kind of rooted in the speech pathology for us to begin with was really that clinical fellowship year uh, for the speech language pathologist. Caroline, can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the clinical fellowship, the structure of that program and what's in place there? Yeah, so the clinical fellowship year um, goes for a nine month period and the clinical fellow has to have it approved by um, the board of examiners um, with the signature by them and their supervisor. Um, and during that nine months, they have to have a certain amount of supervision um, each month. And with that supervision comes not only just mentorship in terms of um, getting to know the company you're in and stuff, but it's um, therapeutic mentorship as well. Um, they are required to do a certain number of observations of their therapies um, and then a certain number of other things. Um, 
in addition to that, it's certain numbers of evaluation hours, certain number of treatment hours. So it's it's a really structured nine month period to um, lead to the full licensure after grad school. And then Kat, with behavioral health, there are a variety of different supervision requirements in that discipline or in that field. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, um, there's some unique um, aspects to I think each licensure type, but typically, you know, if we look at, you know, um, clinical social work or um, clinical mental health counseling, that's typically a two-year period in which they have to get a certain number of hours, both clinical and non-clinical experience, and then a certain amount of um, supervision hours across those two years per week. That also includes like recording their practice and reviewing it with their supervisor um, and, and sort of different tasks like that. And then for physical therapy and for occupational therapy, Jen and Courtney, is there any formal mentoring or any kind of um, requirements for full licensure or you come out of school, you've got full licensure? Yep. As long as you've passed your state licensure exam, then you're ready to go after you graduate. Okay. Therapy. Yeah. Yep. Same for occupational therapy. Okay. And what challenges did you guys see with that particular model of you just have a license and you're out and there's really not a requirement for any kind of supervision. Are there challenges there? Yeah, I would say in the OT program, um, there is built in clinical internships, but you don't always get to see all of the settings and you don't always get a placement in the setting that you end up working in. And so you could easily be on your first job and not have had that um, supervision during an internship. So we really wanted to make sure at Carolina Peds that regardless of what um, student placements that the um, new hire had um, experienced before coming to us, that they would have somebody there to help guide them um, through their first fit with us and learning the field and making sure they have that support that they might have missed if they didn't get that exact similar setting in one of their internships. And I'd say it's a pretty stark contrast too, even though as a student in your placements, the goal is to be independent in those evaluation and treatment settings, your clinical instructor is still usually there, whether it's in the room, whether you know it's within eyesight. And so I remember when I first came out thinking to myself, like, nobody needs to watch what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I'm just ready to do this on my own. And so it's a really nice bridge to go from being used to having somebody there continually to just, again, having that support person to know that you can um, brainstorm clinical ideas. You can ask them to come to one of your sessions as scheduling allows. And so it's a really nice way to kind of ease in and as, you know, that new clinician to help ease your way into being confident to being truly hundred percent independent. Yes. And so for us, we really wanted to extend not only the required supervision that has to happen to get full licensure, we wanted to extend that to our new folks that are getting started and then run that across all disciplines so that no matter what discipline you're a part of or what, what department you're a part of, you're still all getting that same level of mentoring and supervision that was needed. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about how our programs evolved a little bit because it went from this kind of a supervision requirement type of thing to something that we extended to the whole team. So when a new person comes to Carolina Peds, what is that kind of just high level? What does that look like for them when they first get started? So when someone's first getting started, um, they get connected with their mentor um, 
basically via an email and then they have each other's um, contact information and then the mentor contacts them during their orientation and is there for observations during a certain day during orientation. Um, and then after the orientation, they start weekly formal um, meetings with each other. Well, so in all of that, what have you all seen has been the benefit? Like since we've, you know, some of you have been here since before we ever had a mentorship program. Um, and then some of you started a little bit later in that. What have you guys seen as directors as the benefit to the mentee in having that mentorship there? I think that, of course, we're always very intentional during orientation of, you know, items that we need to cover and what's important. But what I've learned from being a mentor and seeing other mentor relationships is there's just always places that, you know, we've missed or, you know, we have a pretty intensive week long orientation and it's a lot of information to absorb. And so even when I come prepared for a mentorship meeting of here are the things that I want to cover, I'm always, you know, surprised or reminded that, oh, like, you know, there's all these other questions that people have. And so it's just a really nice way to get those cleared up so that people are able to resolve some, you know, questions that they have, and they're not having to live in that period of being unconfident, all that anxiety that comes with just figuring out a new job. So it's kind of nice to be able to resolve that rather quickly and having it kind of build on itself if we didn't have that formal mentorship period set up. I think it also really allows a space for new hires to just be vulnerable and say, whew, like this is, you know, just building a caseload sometimes is hard or, um, or, you know, if they're trying to make sure they've got everything that they're doing correctly, just like Jen was saying, from all the information they learned in orientation, it just really allows them a safe space to ask those questions versus trying to find someone in the hallway um, in between sessions and ask those questions or, or try to catch their director. You know, I think it just really, um, allows them to have a go-to person to be vulnerable, um, which is really important. Right, and following up on, on what Jen said, I've seen um, a huge difference in um, new hires being able to ask those questions and figure things out early on. It improves the quality of care for the clients, but it also really decreases errors on the new hires part um, when it comes to auditing and documentation, all of that gets caught much sooner and it makes it a little smoother of an onboarding process for the new hire to have that person they can go to um, every single week whenever they have a question versus holding on to it for a really long time until they have an opportunity to run into that right person. I think also the mentor helps connect them with the right people too and like that can be overwhelming is there are a lot of people here and you don't know them and especially so much in this virtual world um the mentor knows those people and can connect you to them and so you get to know people a little quicker and um start feeling more comfortable it seems like the, the mentoring program really even has an effect of, of anxiety reduction and well-being of just giving them some mental health um, just some support there, just having that extra person that they can talk to that's not a supervisor, not someone who is really managing, being their manager or anything, but it's just a, a, another peer really that can help them walk through that journey and that, that beginning stage. Just as, it is anxiety ridden to learn a new job and all the things that you have to know and you have to really put all that together, um, whether it's learning a new documentation system or learning a new evidence-based practice that maybe you've not used before and all that kind of together can create a lot of stress. So um, it, it really is an effort too, I think, to help with provider well-being and hopefully burnout prevention and, and those types of things. So um, that it really is an important part, I think, of what we do as far as that network of support. So let's shift our, our talk from 
the mentee and the benefits of them. Let's talk about for the mentor, like what is, what is the benefit if you're going to be a mentor, what's the benefit to you for doing that? What are some positives there? I think for my group, um, I've heard a lot about how the mentors um, have to step back and reflect on their own practice and like realize, oh, you know, I've got to, if I'm going to talk the talk, I've got to walk the walk. And um, so, you know, I can't be telling someone they need to do this and not be doing it myself. And so they, they reflect on that. And then um, they've also let me know that it feels like it keeps them more current in, in things. They not only learn things from their mentee, but they also want to stay abreast of the things they need to learn to be able to help their mentee. So I think it's a really good feeling for the mentors to have that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, oftentimes the excitement comes for the mentors and saying like, oh my goodness, the mentee showed me something new that I didn't even realize, you know, I could do or this really new, neat new trick that they figured out with Raintree that I didn't even realize, um, which is, is always exciting. And then I think it's also, you know, it feels really good to give back to our profession. You know, we, we all really um, love what we do and want to see others love what we do as well. And so I think that's a big piece of it too, of just being able to give back to the profession in a different way um, and give the support that, you know, some of us have, like received when you first started, if you were in the mentorship program. And we're all in these professions because we like to help people succeed. And so just like that joy that we get when we have a patient that masters a skill that we've been working on, the same thing happens in that mentor-mentee relationship. It's really rewarding to see somebody succeed after they've had trouble or, you know, they've needed extra help. Um, I think that's a really rewarding feeling. And it's just a nice way to kind of elevate um just your skills as a clinician too. It's kind of that higher level um, way to use your skills to help somebody else. Right. And in doing so, you're not just helping that therapist. You're actually also helping that family and all of the other family and clients on that caseload. So it's a great way to also amplify your own skills. So into the other therapist on the team and spread um, knowledge so that the quality of and care is improved. Yeah, I've heard other therapists say it's, an, it's nice to be able to diversify your role a little bit and the skills that you're, you're putting your energy into, just being able to, you're working with kids and you're working with families all day in the clinical aspect, but then to be able to shift your focus sometimes to another professional, it's, it's using the same skills, but in a different way um, to diversify your skills. And then I also, one of the therapists I heard her say that um, she didn't really see herself as a leader at all, you know, as far as being someone in a management position or in some kind of an area, but being a mentor showed her that she did have some leadership skills um, and that there are different ways to lead. You know, you don't always have to have a position of leadership in different areas, like, you know, a management role, but there are different ways to lead and to hone those skills in. And she actually really enjoyed um, developing those leadership skills and those kind of coaching strategies of her own um, with other adults as well. So. As far as our mentors, let's talk about the support that we have for the mentors um, at Carolina Peds. What do we do to help those mentors be their best? Well, I think we all have um, meetings to where we, you know, support the the mentors and the work that they're doing, and really allow them to connect with each other and um, use each other as resources in um, how they're establishing relationships with their mentees and supporting their mentees across the path. Um, so I think that's one thing that we all do. 
Yeah, I think everybody has, is it a one one time a month or two, it's one to two times a month that we're meeting right now with our teams as, as a collective? Yeah. So um, in those group meetings, what kinds of things are they working through with each other just as far as support? I think it's a space that they can share um, difficulties and struggles and scenarios and situations that are happening with their mentees and they can get the support from each other on how to work through those with the mentee, um, different things to try, how best to support them. Um, so it's a really nice time for to connect on that in that sense and use each other. In addition to that, we, we do um, also focus a lot on the coaching model and how to um, coach your mentees through scenarios instead of just directing them. Um, and so we um, set aside time to learn more about coaching and aspects of coaching and um, practice coaching. And um, then when people are coming with their certain scenarios, others are able to help step in and brainstorm about, hey, what can we do? How could I coach them through this? And how could I like try to get there differently? And like so there's some social support there and some strategy support there for the mentors. So they're not on their own as they're just becoming a mentor, we're really trying to put some supports in place. And that truly has evolved over the years too, I would say. It's, it, it was more of us just pairing the mentors and they were kind of working through that together. And now we've put this other layer of support in place for the mentors. So uh, I think the great thing about this program and any program that you put into place is really that you can continue to evolve and make it better. And so I think for us, that's what we're, we're always in the middle of making this better and make, and as we learn more uh, from those that we mentee and the mentors as well, then we can always make improvements on that and, uh, and make it a better uh, program altogether, which really improves the quality for everybody. So um, I guess my last question for you guys is, you know, what is your hope for those who are mentors and then getting menteed here at Carolina Peds, what's always your hope for them? It's a great question. <laughs> you know, and I think we're all pausing to think because I think we all have probably so many hopes that we have for our mentors and our mentees. You know, I, I think the one that kind of jumps out to me at first and then kind of expands into a million other thoughts is, you know, I just hope that they find it rewarding. And um, I hope that they, I'm, I'm trying to find the words to kind of, to convey what I'm thinking, but, um, that they feel the support that we really were hoping would happen when we, we start, started to kind of create this, this program and um, that, they, that it pays off. You know, I think it's always exciting for us when we hear how much our team members enjoy the mentorship program. Um, and so I think that's kind of our hope, right? That it actually does provide support and it does reduce stress and it does fulfill people's desires to diversify their role and to give back to the profession and kind of all the things really. I mean, that's that's what I think I'm struggling with is so many ideas come to my mind in terms of what we hope for with this program. And I hope it sets up a culture, not only here, but then in every clinician's um, path moving forward is that not only are questions okay, but encouraged, I think. You know, it's really dangerous if you ever get in a place as a clinician where you're stagnant and you don't have questions about what's going on. We want to foster people that are continually wanting to learn and grow and improve. And so from day one, I hope that this sets up that expectation that we always want our clinicians to be evolving and it's okay to be uncertain 
as long as you're seeking a way to kind of find that certainty and to improve and grow upon that. Yeah. And that's when Jim was saying that that's pretty much exactly what I was thinking is it's okay to not know everything and to give people that knowledge and support. I've, I've had multiple people come from different places who felt like they couldn't make a mistake and they had to know everything. And um, that sets up a, a distrust. And so I, I can see people kind of relaxing into knowing like, I'm still working super hard, but I don't, I can trust that these people have my back. Um, and I think that that is huge as a hope. I hope that people can relax into that and know that and feel that trust in the company. And ultimately, yeah, we want people to be able to be their best selves and do this work and really have a lot of joy in doing this work. And so um, I think this program really does help support that in a lot of ways. And guys, I appreciate you so much sharing your heart on mentoring. And thank you for all the work that you put into the mentoring program and helping it get developed. And um, I think that's all we have for today. So thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Caring Collaboratively podcast of Carolina Pediatric Therapy. Today, we talked about mentoring. If you have any questions about what we've shared on our show, please reach out to us at info at carolinapeds.com, subject line, Caring Collaboratively Podcast, dash mentoring.